It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Cincinnati Bengals survive. They get into the wing column. And perhaps most importantly, Joe Burrow said he didn't have any setbacks on Monday Night Football. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Erpine, coming to you from Paul Brown Stadium and the West Coast of Canada after a Monday night football win to get to one and two. We are the Lockdown Bengals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can subscribe to the show on YouTube, where you will be able to watch us in all our glory as we talk about the Bengals, or you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And makes it easy to not miss an episode, to become an everyday, or to join that first listen club. And James, we get to talk about a win. That's very exciting stuff. I was also very excited to hear from Joe Burrow on the field after the game on ESPN when he said that he did not have any setbacks in this game, did not re-injure the calf once again. That was certainly a bit of a, a, a fear, something that had me and certainly Bengals fans feeling nervy going into this game, and while he wasn't at his best, he gutted it out, he played through pain, and he did enough for the Cincinnati Bengals team to play complimentary football and get a win. Yeah, I think that's the the biggest takeaway for me, Jake, is Joe Burrow is him, and uh, and we, we learned it again tonight. And look, he was clearly not 100%, and whether it was just not moving much, I think by not just design – but by, hey, Joe, this is you're, you're not going to do this because we don't want to risk any kind of re-aggravation or uh, agitation or anything with that calf. And so this was a, a scaled down, limited Joe Burrow, and yet it was still enough. And, and it was still enough for a bunch of reasons that we can get into. But I, I think it starts with Joe. He's, he's so damn tough and leads – and one of the ways he leads is is by, I think, smartly. And, and I defended it. I, I wrote it on Monday morning that I thought Joe Burrow should play. And I asked him after the game, and he said yesterday is when he really thought, hey, I, I can do this. I can go out there and and play. And it does feel like it went up to the deadline here. And, and, and it was kind of back and forth. Jamar Chase found out officially on the, the sidelines before the game when Joe was on the field. And Joe came out on the field in the six o'clock hour. I mean, it wasn't like it was 6 a.m. And, and Jamar Chase had all day to, to think about it. So Joe Burrow wasn't his normal self. And, and yet he, he did enough for the Bengals to put the Bengals in position to win. He didn't go out there and take 12 sacks. He didn't go out there and, and, and throw four interceptions. And, and he was able to take what the Rams defense gave him. I, I thought he made good decisions overall. He might not have been nearly as accurate as we're used to. I think those are two different things, but I think the decision-making was there. And man, Jake, if you would have told me 
that Joe Burrow was going to throw the ball 49 times. I would have laughed at you, and then I would have laughed again. I might have taken the under if, if I went on the Fanduel over under uh, of 27 pass attempts, is what, which is what he passed for uh, or threw in the first half alone. I might have taken the under for the entire game at 27. And so this team, it's uh, – it's wild, but yeah, they uh, get their first win of the season, and I think Joe Burrow's a big reason why. A bit shocking, you're right, that he drops back 51 times in this game, 49 passes, took two sacks, uh, both of them really coming on instant pressures, and we can dive in more to you know offensive line play and things like that, either later tonight or, or in tomorrow's episode when we'll have some time to look at the tape and things such as that to get a better idea of, of what happened there. But 49 passes to... 23 runs with three of those being a kneel down three mm-hmm. of those being in, you know, we're going to bleed what 120 seconds off the clock mm-hmm. and then punt the ball back to the Rams. And we don't think they can score 10 points in four minutes. And they couldn't, as it turns out, score 10 points in four minutes or, or whatever the exact numbers were, but man, crazy approach. To be honest, not something I, I think I tweeted, not something I had in my bingo card was Joe Burrow having that many dropbacks in the first first half, not having 51 dropbacks in the game on that calf. But but like you said, in the limitations around Joe Burrow, they really did keep him contained in the pocket. I think he left the pocket three times tonight, two of them on designed boots where the boot was not like a sprint out right? That there was no sprint out in this game. I think he talked about one of the boots in, in the post-game presser, which I'll let you uh, let you talk about if, I, if I'm remembering that right. It was, it was pretty hard to hear from my vantage point. But then one other scramble where he tries to evade a sack and, and rolls to his left. Comes out clean though, but, but keeping him in the pocket, a lot of emphasis on quick game. The offensive line often gave Burrow a ton of time in this game until they started isolating Aaron Donald over Cordell Volson, which again is a different topic. And that gave Burrow a chance. And, and clearly, like you said, not as accurate as we're used to with him missing some throws. We're used to seeing him hit, but man, talk about a gutty performance, even though he wasn't great. That, that is some true grit as they say from Joe Burrow in this game. Yeah. And look, the Bengals backs were against the wall. Yes. You can't fall to 0 and 3. You just can't. Not not if you're going to be this team that I, I think a lot of people coming into the season wondered if they would lose more than three games total in the regular season. And I get it. I understand it because I think they are that talented. And right now they're still working through some things. The biggest one is is a right calf for for number number nine, Joe Burrow. And so the fact that he was able to operate still the the offense moved the ball. I mean, it's, it's not like they didn't. It was ugly at times in the first half especially. But in the second half, I think they settled in. They figured out what they should do, how they should exploit this this Rams team. And, and a lot of guys didn't play perfect. Um, but offensive line-wise, and maybe we should go there next, on, on just other, other standouts, Jake, outside of Joe Burrow, because I do think he deserves a ton of credit. And, and from it being a leader in the intangibles and all of those things, that's a really gutty performance. It's a good way to describe it. And there aren't many players that do that because last time I saw Joe Burrow at a post-game podium, it was probably the first time I've seen him so uncertain 
and, and just questioning. And, and I could feel him, his brain trying to wrap his head or uh, him thinking through the fact that he had just aggravated that calf after the Baltimore game. And that's what I'm referring to, to now how sure he was he, even that on Thursday. I think he, in his mind, he was like, all right, I'm ready to go. And I, I, I think he knows the mental climb it's going to take physically and mentally over the next few weeks. But this is a heck of a step in the right direction, and I'm glad he was able to lead this team to a win. In a short week, which I think he was asked about in the postgame presser as I asked well. him. Yeah, which you know you talked about last week on this podcast, the turnaround now. He had an extra day last week. This week they, they lose a day. That's the nature of Monday Night Football, of course. Um, his stat line honestly would be better if not for – an incredible play from Akella Witherspoon, ripping the ball away from Tyler Boyd on a diving, one-handed, playing through him, undercutting the route, whatever it was. One of the best interceptions you'll see, one-handed pick. That could have been another 10, 15-yard play. There were a number of, of T. Higgins drops. T. Higgins nodded his, his best in this game. Um, but, but, you know, just from those handful of plays and Tanner Hudson falling on the first third down of the game. He would have been open, by the way. Hudson would have been so. open on that. Yeah. Instead of 26 for 49, you're probably talking about 40, sorry, 30 or 31 for 49, and, and probably more like 280 yards passing in, instead of what they end up with, uh, you know, a little bit more, a little bit left on the field, and, and not at Joe Burrow's fault, but not to say he was perfect. He, he's clearly laboring and getting back, but very encouraging that he got through the game that they were able to figure out a way to make this offense work, especially in the second half. And, and it wasn't perfect. And, and when they got behind the chains, it didn't feel very good and it felt sticky. But how about Jamar Chase? How about Trey Hendrickson, Dax Hill, Logan Wilson, some other guys on this team stepping up in big ways, and we said they would have to? We'll talk about some of those guys standing out and stepping up coming up next. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is brought to you by Nutrafol, and you don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health because Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair with no drugs, no compromises, and simply better hair. Losing your hair is not inevitable, and you can take control of that future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth with, from within by targeting root causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works in a clinical study. 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months of using Nutrafol's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com men and enter promo code Locked on NFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair at Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men, and enter promo code Locked on NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
All right, Jake, let's get into some of the bright spots. And I want to get into a bright spot that doesn't start with Jamar Chase. Look at me growing as uh, as someone, as a watcher of football, certainly someone that's covering football regularly. I'm just pulling it up here, looking at the uh, the stats on offense, and I see Joe Burrow sacked twice for 17 yards. And, and I know the numbers aren't great, but, but two sacks. And quarterback hit-wise, yeah, there were some hits. I, I'm looking here, two, five, six, and uh, two of those were Aaron Donald. So six quarterback hits on a guy that can't really move. Two sacks. I think you would have taken that if you're the Bengals coming into tonight. Maybe the six hits are a little high, but that, that's not too bad. I think this offensive line played really darn well. And one of the the highlights and little tidbits being here uh, at, at the stadium and in the locker room that I like to share because I think uh, our listeners will enjoy it. I was talking with Orlando Brown Jr. after the game, and it's his first win as a Bengal. I know he was really excited and tired. It was like midnight. It, it seemed like a long game. Like it took longer than normal. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but it, it just felt that way. And I know the guys are pretty exhausted, but Zach Taylor comes up to Cordell Volson and just daps him up like a loud dab, like, and it was louder than that. He was just, he was hype. He was like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what we needed. And he turned to Orlando and said something similar and said, you guys were able to protect him. We needed you to protect him. And it was like, wow, like he was fired up. And, and so I, I think this offensive line deserves um, some praise because I think they're good. We talked about it last week. I, I, Aaron Donald is a monster, and, and he still got his. He had a really hard, rough hit on Burrow. That's about as clean of a hit as you could ask for on a quarterback. And, and yet uh, I still I, I think that this offensive line, they deserve, they deserve their flowers a bit for what they did tonight. Fantastic early. Some cracks started to show as the game went on. Like I said, that they started to isolate and, and force – the Bengals into some disadvantageous situations in the trenches with Aaron Donald getting some one-on-ones against Cordell Volson. And a couple of times they tried to slide Ted Karras to that side and just couldn't get there in time because Aaron Donald was winning that quickly on the initial matchup. But outside of that, I thought the tackles played great. They weren't going to be tested in a big way by this Rams defensive line, this Rams pass rush that features Aaron Donald and some guys Aaron Donald, clearly the, the biggest threat here, right? But we've seen the Rams make a living off of Aaron Donald being the big threat over his time in L.A. And you're right. He got his. And and that's going to happen when you play against a guy that's an all-time great like Donald. But you do credit the offensive line, like I said, especially early when Burrow's easing into the game, when they're trying to figure out yeah. where they're going to take this offense. They really did hold up in a significant way. Wasn't perfect, but... On first review, I'm watching on, on tape at least. You, you like what you saw from most of those guys. The interior, I think, needs to play a little bit better. Next week, you got Jeffrey Simmons now. It doesn't get much easier. So it, it does need to be a little bit cleaner inside if possible. Those defensive guys, of course, are paid as well. They're, they're paid to get their star interior rushers into one-on-one situations. And those guys are known to be able to win those one-on-one. So it happens, right? Tackles, mm-hmm. I thought looked good. Yep. And it was, it was Orlando. enough, right? It was enough. Orlando Brown has been good. Yeah. No qualifiers. No, no qualifiers. You know, I, I think the one negative in this is the entire offense. And this is really what set them back on the second drive because I thought they moved the ball the first drive, kind of shot themselves in the foot, but the false starts were weird. 
Yes. It was weird at home. And this crowd Joe, was awesome, by the way. Yeah, Joe was going hard count. And they were trying to use that to take the edge off or get some little tells. He loves to do this at home using cadence to, to get little bits of information or, or just take off that jump, give a little bit of hesitation to those defensive linemen, and it resulted in some false starts. Can't happen. Needs to be cleaned up. No real excuses there. And it was like skill guys and offensive linemen. It wasn't just the one that was called on. I think it was one on on uh, on Orlando Brown and then Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon had one. Yeah. Yeah, in, in Orlando, I, I think Flinched. flinched a bit too with uh, on the Mixon one. You could have called it on either. Oh yeah, but but it's um, it, it's it's it was weird. It was unique. Uh, I I think let's just stick with the good stuff because we're 15 minutes in and we haven't talked about the guy who's the best player on the field, certainly on the Bengals offense. Jamar mm-hmm. Chase, good. In case you forgot, I, yeah. I mean he it he said on draft night set records. This dude almost set a Bengals record tonight with, with Joe Burrow hobbled. Think about that. Like, it was ugly for a lot of the night where it didn't feel good offensively. He had 12 receptions. He was one shy of Carl Pickens' team record of 13 receptions. Came into tonight with just 10 receptions on the season and uh, averaging seven yards per catch tonight. Hauls in 12 reception, receptions for a buck 41. I mean, he's he's that dude, and Joe needed him, and, and – Chase stepped up, and and what I think is so interesting is is Chase has been so outspoken, Jake, about how Burrow he doesn't want Burrow out there, and, and yet uh, Burrow goes out there, tells him on the sideline it, that he better get ready for for a lot of work, and he gets 15 targets, which is uh, it's it's about in line with what you'd want. I, I think Jamar Chase should always have double digit targets. Yeah, it was a very good night for Jamar Chase. The Bengals look to get him involved in every way you could really imagine from isolation routes out wide to putting him in the slot. I think even more than they have, which has already been increased usage this season, they got him out of the backfield. They, they use that split back look with him and Mixon in the backfield, I think three or four times in this game. They tried to dial up that fake screen and go deep on it. Uh, the, the Rams covered the deep ball, of course. It was checked down to Jamar Chase there. But the, the, the two plays that stand out the most, one of them was the explosive, right? The Bengals have two explosive plays in this game, which I'm qualifying as 20-plus yard plays. Tanner Hudson had mm-hmm. one in the two-minute drill. Yeah, I believe did. it was a two-minute drill on the seam. So while it wasn't perfect for Tanner Hudson, there's certainly a highlight there bringing in that seam pass, one of Joe Burrow's better passes of the night. Uh, but Jamar Chase on that, Pistol play action toss play. Burrow sells the fake perfectly, and it's one of the two rollouts, design rollouts for Joe Burrow on the night. And you could tell that there was the Rams defending this play. They thought there's zero chance in hell this quarterback is rolling out the way he's moving right now. The way Joe Burrow's playing, there's no way. And it leads to a busted coverage. Joe Burrow getting a wide open Jamar Chase for one of the easiest explosive plays between those two guys for 43 yards that we've seen since 2021. Perhaps yeah. like it, we, we don't yeah. see these happening very easily at this point for the Cincinnati Bengals. But the highlight for me, James, was the slant. I believe it was a third down play thrown behind Jamar Chase that he reaches back for makes a fantastic. I don't know if I would call it sensational, but you probably could call it a sensational catch reaching behind him to pick up yes. the first down Burrow putting the ball behind him because it avoids an interception It had to be there trusting his guy to make the play and chase picking it up on the other end. 
And, and yeah. those plays, I think, highlight that that connection between those two guys. Yeah, that play was insane because Chase is moving. His momentum is going one way, and he has to flip and, 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 and like stop and, and get his body turned. And then it, it's all hands. That was an all-hands catch. And, and by the way, Chase had a – on the Bengals' first drive, it was considered a drop. I was by the official scorers. Um, but the, the ball that was off target a, a bit to Chase, and it was leading him into the linebacker. The yes. linebacker talked some trash to him. It Chase uh, Chase responded by catching 12 of his next 14 targets. So that's that's a heck of a response. Um, but, yeah, that was a, a great play by Chase. Extended the drive, obviously – uh, what was the go-ahead drive that the Bengals, they took their lead five minutes and I think 34 seconds to go in the third quarter. They get their first lead of the season. Whew. It uh, it took long enough, but they got it and they were able to hold on to it. Let's uh, continue the conversation with more on these one and two Bengals following their first one of the 2023 season. We will do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's one, two, three, four, five dollars You place that bet and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So with the Bengals going to Tennessee, yeah, you can wager on them. Maybe you want to go with player props over unders or just classic spreads you could do some parlays plenty the options are endless at FanDuel and you could take advantage right now of their $200 in bonus bets now's the time to join FanDuel and you can right now at FanDuel.com slash locked on to get going this season as we head into week four can the Bengals even their record at two and two well one thing you can control is by going to FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash locked on. If you think they can, wager today. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We should talk about this defense. The defense won the Bengals this football game. In addition to Evan McPherson, some contributions from Charlie Jones and Joe Mixon. So I want to get to a couple of those quickly and then dive into the defense in more depth. Joe Mixon... Doesn't end up with a great stat line. When the Rams knew the Bengals were going to run, they did a good job of containing that run in the fourth quarter. 19 carries for 65 yards is a, is a final line for Mixon with some losses in the second half as, as some plays got stuffed as the Bengals were trying to run the ball a little bit more. But had a couple of really impressive runs in this game, converted a fourth down, made a guy miss it, and got downhill for a 14-yard touchdown. So kudos to Joe Mixon, who continues to play well. Despite not getting, you know, a huge workload, but clearly is the only running back the Bengals trust right now. Evan McPherson yeah. did miss one of his field goal attempts tonight, but was four for five, including a bank shot and a 54-yarder. 13 points out of 19 points off the foot of Evan McPherson in his, in this game. You would like to see him make all of those, of course, but 
credit to McPherson for giving the Bengals the points they needed to win the game. And Charlie Jones, who got a little bit more run on offense, as did Andre Yosevash, has found his calling or found his footing, I should say, as a punt returner, James. And just wanted to shout out that the recognition I had that the light bulb moment for me with Charlie Jones as a punt returner is like you talked about, I think, in, in an episode. Once he mm-hmm. got a little bit more confident, a little bit more decisive, pick a lane, get downhill, take what's yep. there is when he started to look like a plus punt returner. So, so those contributions did matter. Those, those 45 yards in punt returning did matter in this game for this team. And, and in a bigger way, what matters is the performance of this defense. I, I talked about it earlier in this episode, James, a bunch of guys getting in on the sack party, DJ reader early in this game, four point swing on that play to, yes. to keep the Rams out of the low red zone. Trey Henderson absolutely took over this game, and, and I'm going to say he was probably the best player on the field in this game. And in addition to Jamar Chase, you could argue offense, defense there. Dax Hill, fantastic. And Logan Wilson, fantastic. So a, a lot of guys on this defense stepping up in huge ways as it, it looked a little rocky early. They're giving up these explosive plays, but man, did they turn up the pressure and Matt Stafford did not finish with a particularly appealing stat line. Or film, I would venture to guess from my TV viewing. Yeah, they they got after him. One, Trey Hendrickson, you're right, stepped up, and that's why I was clear on offense because you could certainly say Trey Hendrickson with the way he dominated, especially in the second half. But honestly, that first drive, Tutu Atwell stepping out of bounds, and it was by a few blades. <laughs> I, that changes everything. And the Bengals deserve credit because they took advantage. But the Rams were just – it was slicing and dicing. It was like fruit ninja. I mean, they just, I mean, their, their shortest play was six yards with Kyron Williams, a six-yard run. It was 12 yards, six yards, 12 yards, end around, touchdown. And, and then it, they put it on the two, and the Bengals' defense stepped up. And, and I think that stop gave them the confidence. It allowed them to, to catch their breath, realize what they were facing, and, and then they faced it, and they handled it. Puka Nakua, I, I know he had a, a really good catch late, but it's not like he had 15 catches. Right? He had five catches for, for 72 yards. Uh, Tutu Atwell, 50 yards. Now, he did have the 37-yarder the and, and was certainly a factor, but you, you held these guys in check. Matt Stafford isn't dealing with a calf injury. He completed 54% of his passes, Burrow at 53. Uh, he, he threw for 269 yards. A Burrow 259. He threw two interceptions, Burrow one, and the one that Burrow threw was was not really on him, you know. So I, I think that you would have taken that. If 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 they were close in stats, you would have taken that. And, and then obviously this defensive line really was able to get after the passer. And, and on, honestly, the other guy that I gotta give a shout out to, Dax Hill, man. It's three straight games now where, where I've 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 felt that, that Dax Hill was one of the better players on this defense, uh, played really well again. I, I don't know about you, him blitzing off the edge. I like that. It was like a rocket. He was like a cannon, just shot out of a cannon out of nowhere. His his tackle on Higby, mm-hmm. on I, I think it was like a third and 12, and Hig, Higby's running across the field, and that's a tough play to make, and he makes it, and he made it look routine. I, I like Dax. I think he's a really good tackler, versatile, and, and we're seeing it right now. And I think Lou's gaining more and more confidence, giving him more and more to more and more to do on defense, and we're seeing it. 
that athleticism really showing up for Dax Hill. He was fantastic in this game as well. I, I did mention, you know, the, the run through for tackle for loss, that the Rams kind of faked that tight end jet sweep that they've been running, which is a hilarious play when your tight end is Tyler Higby. Uh, but they've been running it, and Dax Hill stays home on the backside, crashes down on the pitch, tackle for loss. Had a couple critical plays early in the game, too, to help the defense get off the field. I don't remember what drive it was, but I do remember that he had two plays on that particular drive. Massive game for, for Dax Hill and shouldn't be understated. For, for a safety to make the impact he did, led the team in tackles, which is not a good stat, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Led the team in tackles to go along with his sack and two back tackles. Back-to-back weeks. Back-to-back weeks, I believe. Yeah, tough to do for a safety. But, but man, Trey Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson and Jamar Chase get, get, get my game balls. Trey Hendrickson had two sacks, directly led to one of Matt Stafford's interceptions by pressuring him, had numerous mm-hmm. other pressures that led to incompletions, had two other tackles for a loss, and he's had three sacks this year, James, negated by penalties that weren't on him. He had two more in this game. He had a sack that was brought back by a Sam Hubbard face mask on the other side, he had a sack that was negated by, uh, or sorry, a Camp Taylor Britt face mask. No, it was Sam. There was Sam in this game. Yeah, the, the Sam one I need to see again. Yes. Oh, it was not a face mask. That was a bad call. Yeah, 100% right? was a bad but call. Williams' his head went down, but he didn't grab it. He didn't touch the face mask. Like, no, it wasn't a face down. mask. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I thought so in real time. I was like, ah, I don't think so. I looked at the replay on the, yeah. the Jumbotron, but you never know. So, okay, just to make sure. Because I didn't want to complain about officials, but I thought that was a bad call. No, You're was, right. Was, he's he's had some bad luck with with, that, with those. <laughs> yes. That was a bad call. And then there was another one right after that that I thought was pretty rough. Oh, it was a block in the back. So, the, again, not to spend too much time on officials here, but Mike Hilton made a good play on that little screen play. I think it was like a 15-yard game. But he's out there, and he gets pushed in the back toward the Rams' end zone on a screen play. That is not legal. I know it's behind the line of scrimmage. I'm pretty sure if it's outside of the tackle box, that's not legal. I'd have to double-check. That was a key block that sprung the the screen to be a, a big gain, so not a good stretch for officials there. But point is, Trey Hendrickson could have had four sacks in this game. Yeah. If not for penalties that had no impact on the play whatsoever, one of which was a terrible call. And like I said, directly led to that Stafford interception. And that would be on the year coming into the game. He only had one, should have had two. You could be at six sacks through three games. If, if not for penalties that had no bearing on him getting those sacks this week, Another matchup against a backup left tackle. The Rams lost to Larry Jackson somewhere in the second quarter, I believe. And then poor, what's his name? Zach Thomas, I think, shares the name with the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame linebacker. Sean McVay just kept leaving that. this dude on the island, man. I felt bad for him. Like, that's that's like, you know, you Miles Garrett going against Hakeem Adeniji, to put it in, you know, another way in terms of – and then the Bengals just being like, you know what, Hakeem Adeniji – you're going to block Miles Garrett one-on-one like 15 times. Have fun. And that's what the Rams did to, yeah. to poor Zach Thomas. So huge credit uh, to Trey Hendrickson in this game. We've had to watch that literally at times. Um, <laughs> no. So I'm okay with it. Good job. Yeah. 
Good job, Sean McVay. Very, very interested to see what the Bengals did on the coverage half of things. Hard to see that on the TV copy to, to take away Puka Nakua, Puka Nakua, who started out the game, like you said, pretty well. The Bengals held him in check for the most part outside of a couple of busted coverages that led to yeah. that touchdown in the fourth they, quarter. They were, I, I'll say it now, I think the secondary was more worried about Atwell. Like, I've, I've hinted at it. I, I'll, I'll yeah. be very clear. I, I think they looked at, at Nakua like, ah, they scheme him open. We'll be, yes. able, to, we'll be able to handle business. 100% true. And, and like in, in their heads, they're like, ah, eh, we're not that worried. Yeah, I, I think is, that's the right approach. Tutu Atwell is a guy that's getting the – he he was getting the um, the Tyree Kill role. As both of these offenses in this game, we'll have more time to talk about this when we get into the film. Both offenses in this game took elements from that Miami offense and used it in different ways. The Bengals were using the out motion, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll dive into this more tomorrow. Early in this game, that was really cool. Some wrinkles that they clearly borrowed from Miami and, and Tutu Atwell and the Tyreek Hill role in a couple of ways in this game in terms of the way they were mo- using him on motion and, and some of those things, giving him a running start. Uh, there was some really good stuff schematically, I think, in this game for the Bengals on both sides of the ball. So excited to get to that as well. But that's going to do it. The Bengals are one and two, hopefully continuing to trend in the right direction to go take on a Tennessee team that looked pretty hapless against the Cleveland Browns and has a left tackle that Justin Mello, Justin M, who you guys see us retweet and quote tweet all the time in draft season. He covers the Titans as well. He is uh, not excited, let's say, for Trey Henderson to go against Andre Dillard. Mm -hmm the Titans left tackle next week, but that's going to do it for this episode of the lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll keep an eye on Joe Burrow's health, of course, throughout the week and get you updated as we go short week this week until next time. Thanks for listening. Who day and have a good one. Hey, prime members, you can listen to this lockdown podcast ad free on Amazon music. Download the Amazon music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.